you know it's even weirder than hearing your own voice viewing your own head from the side oh like in profile yeah from like 90 degrees why why are you doing that because we've got um the camera set up and then I, I have to turn around to look at the monitor to see oh i see what's going on and then i see myself from the side and i f- feel like i'm a pretty good looking person but then yeah. i see myself from the side and i'm like why is my face so flat <laughs> why do i look like why do i look like an inbred pug <laughs> your move it's time to podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! recap podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. And this week, we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 19, Double Trouble Duel, colon, Part 1. I was trying to come up with a rhyme for podcast, just like the brothers of this episode, but I couldn't come up with one in time. And now it... Mod Blast? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> mod? <laughs> of all the rhymes, you come up with Mod Blast? Uh, it is now time for us to podcast Iconoclast? Uh, uh, maybe. If you continue to listen, maybe you will last through this episode. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you won't. <laughs> maybe you won't. I don't know. I barely didn't. Uh, barely didn't. Wow. <laughs> I think trying to rhyme has broken my, uh, ability to speak normal. Um, I am good at talk like such. Uh, it's time to, 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 to talk about things. Oh boy. Um, Jimmy, what's, uh, what's good this week? Tyler, I have something I dearly want to talk to you about. What's up? Can you please describe to our listening audience the video clip from Beyblade that I sent you a oh few days God. ago? <laughs> <laughs> okay so <laughs> i know i know that we're turning this into like a, a pseudo beyblade fan cast um the beyblade pod podcast within the Yu-Gi-Oh podcast <laughs> so so i've been watching beyblade burst uh some more and it's a genuinely wonderful show that i love and recommend uh and jimmy at like two in the morning a few days back texts me this picture of a text message thread that uh, okay, let me just see if I can find it because I, I don't want to misquote it. Um, it. It's about Beyblade, and I'm sorry to text you at two in the morning, but it was well, critically no, so, important. I, mean, I, I didn't to send see you. it until the next morning. So, okay. but I was just concerned. I'm like, who the fuck is messaging you at two in the morning about Beyblade? <laughs> no, I'm fine. But it was something you got off Reddit, right? Yeah. Okay, so so it's a text message thread that's one sided. I should note, uh, and it says, "Dude, did I tell you about that one time my brother was watching TV and one of the newer Beyblade seasons was running, and they talked about powerful Beyblades used in history, and there's a pic of Moses spinning <laughs> spinning the ocean with a Beyblade, and, and then it's it's literally just like a it's a um." Uh, what's the what's the animated Moses movie? Oh, uh, Prince of Egypt. Prince of Egypt. It literally looks like Prince of Egypt, where the the ocean is sparting in two, and Moses is there in the middle. P- sparting is sparting. Uh, <laughs> this I, is Sparta. I told you talking right. Now. I don't know why I'm trying to podcast right now, you guys. I clearly fail at talking. Um, but so the 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 sea is even being... if talking is difficult right now. Just slow down and don't have a cow. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, so the ocean is being parted. The sea is being parted, uh, by Moses and in front of Moses by about a dozen feet is a Beyblade. (laughs) (laughs) 
and so you you looked it up and there there's a video clip uh from the tv show it's a real goddamn clip so the uh, this like villain looking character is explaining to somebody who's probably the protagonist. Uh, it's not the series I'm watching. I think it's one that's a bit more recent. And he's saying like, uh, you, you clearly don't understand the true power of Beyblades. Beyblades are powerful, ancient weapons that have been used for all sorts of things. And it, and it does this like flashback sequence of like Beyblades through time, I guess. And two of the shots in this montage are this shot of Moses parting the Red Sea uh, with a Beyblade. And one shot is looking at him like from the other side of the, the sea. And another shot is from over the shoulder. And it's the weirdest fucking thing because it's a still image. Of... I think someone might have added that one, probably. Oh, you think so? Because it's. I think. Or. It might be just a really terrible shot. It was really bad because it it looked like somebody took a still image of uh, like a painting of Moses parting the Red Sea and superimposed another still image of a Beyblade and then like animated it frame by frame sort of using the Photoshop like skew tool to like spin head over heels uh, (laughs) through the image. And it it ah it's so weird um but uh let my people spin (laughs) but yeah this this brings up a lot of questions like what were the actual uh plagues like were they uh was it (laughs) a a plague of terrible spins on your beyblades swarm of beyblades um that would actually be dangerous if they had like little knives on them and they're just spinning around and you have to like dance around to get your ankles from being chopped up and that's the crazy thing too is so where i'm at in beyblade burst there are actually a plague there, there are actually beyblades with knives on them. Oh God. it's really scary <laughs> um this raises so many theological questions it like, does and that's the i i think so that in Yu-Gi-Oh, <laughs> man i have so many thoughts in Yu-Gi-Oh, we know that the practice of playing dual monsters comes from ancient egypt like there were actual monsters it's real magic and it all comes from the power that was hidden within the Great Pyramids. As we all know. As we all know. Um, Beyblade bringing in a biblical reference, I feel like, ups <laughs> that game just slightly. They're like, okay, we'll see your powerful ancient Egypt. Uh, here we go. Uh, Moses was a... Was a, a, a we'll believer. raise you the entire Judeo-Christian heritage <laughs> with Beyblades. <laughs> and, and then you drop the... <laughs> Fucking best and worst one-liner about <laughs> I can't I can't say it with a straight face. Oh, was it about how when the Israelites followed the uh the pillar of no. of oh no okay we'll say that one. Well, if Moses parted the Red Sea with the Beyblade, maybe uh-huh. the uh the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire that the Israelites followed through the desert was actually just a real big spinning Beyblade kicking up some dust. And then, like, at night, it would be spinning so fast that the static from the, the dust would, like, make sparks and make fire. And, and see, here's the funny thing about this is in the canon... You can't prove it wasn't. Well, no, you can't prove it wasn't. <laughs> but also, in the canon of Beyblade, like, those two things would be totally normal. Like Entirely both possible. Of, both of those have happened within the last two episodes of Beyblade Burst. Like, I'm only in episode, like, ten. Beyblade like, is so dumb. It's so dumb. Uh, but no, then you talked about uh, how Jesus was also a Beyblader. 
And Jesus died for your spins. <laughs> oh, God. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Beyblade. <laughs> uh, when you were yeah. walking on the beach and you saw not one set of footprints or two sets of footprints, but like a, a weird line in the sand, that's when the Beyblade was carrying you. Uh, so I think that's something that's really comforting for me is no matter how bad this show gets, it's not it's Beyblade. It's not Beyblade. <laughs> uh, but everyone should go watch Beyblade Burst because it's really good. I'm morbidly curious now. It's okay. See, here's, here's the thing. I, as much as I like watching Yu-Gi-Oh, I feel like the reason I wanted to do this podcast is because I knew that if I didn't have some sort of external reason I would not rewatch Yu-Gi-Oh, at least not for a while. I'll go back to it every now and then. But like, you do this to yourself? Well, no, no, no. But see, here's the thing. Here's the I thing. I can't watch Yu-Gi-Oh unless I have a, co- a podcast talking about it. No, no, no. Here's the thing is, is because there are episodes that I genuinely love that are separated by so much weird filler garbage like this episode, uh, I would really struggle to get to that point, right? Like I, I would really have these long periods of like nah, i don't know i'm uh, and i would just be liable to give up so you need me here as your moral support to make you watch this show you're my Yu-Gi-Oh sponsor <laughs> uh, i feel guilty now. <laughs> um with beyblade so i have just gotten to the point where i'll just have it on in the background like at work for a few reasons one the plot of each episode is the same there's no variation in plot ever. And it's exactly that uh, Pro ZD video about Yu-Gi-Oh! Where it's... Uh, the, the plot of every Beyblade Burst episode is this. The main character, Vault, uh, is very excited to be the best Blade, Beyblader ever. So he trains a lot. He learns a new technique by accident. He trains some more to try and perfect that technique. He has a match coming up. He goes to the match. He tries the new technique. He almost loses, and then he doesn't. End of episode. That's it. That's the plot of every episode. But the characters themselves are so just, like, pure and good. Like, everyone in this show is a good person, genuinely. Even the bad guy. Like, the person that they set up as the villain for this kind of arc of the show, uh, literally, and in the most recent episode that I watched, has a, like, two-minute monologue at a picture of him with his dad and it's just about how he wants to make his dad proud and he's not actually a bad guy he just wants to be the best so his dad will love him why is he the bad guy oh he's real good at beyblades <laughs> i mean yeah exactly and that's the thing and so he trains super hard because he like wants to be really good at it and it turns out that he and the protagonist are like kind of the same but the protagonist doesn't have daddy issues so the protagonist is actually the villain in this scenario because kind he's of. making people's dads not love them i mean kind of yeah <laughs> But also, so, like, that same episode, uh, Vault's mom uh, finally figures out, like, oh, okay, I want to help Vault, like, follow his dream of becoming a good Beyblader. Um, But I don't know anything about being a good Beyblader, but I do run a bakery and need all these chores done around the house. So she literally tricks Vault into doing chores by calling it her super secret training technique. So she's like, you want to be a good Beyblader? You got to train that arm. You got to mop. And he he mops real fucking good because he wants to be the best. Oh, you want to be you want to be uh, quick on your feet? Help me deliver this bread. 
and he does and he's good at it because he wants to be the best man we're watching the wrong show i think we are is the thing it's so wholesome and like I think the reason that I don't want to do a podcast about it is because I, I enjoy making fun of Yu-Gi-Oh! when it deserves to be made fun of. And even at its worst, I can't make fun of Beyblade Burst. Because... I sure can. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. Maybe maybe we can do some bonus episodes or something. But, like, God, it's so good. It's so good. There's a... Well, okay, so, like... Lauren's, it's a good bad show it's a good bad show lauren's sitting here listening to us talking about this and it's it is a bad show in that it it doesn't offer much by way of like here, here's a here's a plot that's going to make you think you know here's a storyline that's going to make you really question how you approach life Beyblades. It it's not it's not going to give you that but it is going to give you like oh this is a nice little slice of life like these are good kids uh, there's one kid who his family is like a traveling puppet show, basically. Um, I think I, you've mentioned them before. Yeah, and, and it's really interesting because the the character is introduced as like kind of a like an emo, like just kind of a nasty, rude kid, right? But then it's revealed through vaults, just kind of like I want to be friends with everybody, and I just want to be good at Beyblading, and I, I'm not here to hold a Tyler. What? Where do emo kids get their Beyblades? I don't know. Where? Hot topic. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, it's been a good run, everybody. Uh, we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, no, so anyway, so Vault, the, the protagonist, just through being a, a, a good, pure soul, tries to get to know this kid, whose name I honestly f- have forgotten. Uh, and he actually goes to this kid's mom, and it's just like, why is he so mean to everybody? And you done fucked up your parenting, lady. Well, well, kind of. And she cuts him off, and is like, oh, you're asking about again. I forget the kid's name, I, and I can't be bothered to look it up because it's Beyblade. Um, it, it's so nice that he has friends. He has a really hard time making friends because we move so much, and it's revealed that this kid has just moved so much because of his family's puppet show. That he doesn't have friends, really. And as a, a coping mechanism, the only way that he communicates with people now, just because this has gone on for so long, is actually through two hand puppets that he is always wearing. So the, the, the person, the child, never speaks from his mouth. It's always these two puppets that have their distinct personalities. Am I sure that this isn't a horror movie? Uh, no. This might be a horror movie, but also like I, I was c- going to ask, are you sure you didn't play one of those wacky Ace Attorney cases where all the characters are weird and goofy? And you know what? Honestly, and I think we've talked about this previously, it does feel very much like a Phoenix Wright in middle school with tops. Like it, it really does, honestly. And it's that and makes it, me want to watch it because I love Phoenix Wright. But yeah, because everyone there is like good and pure and like they just want to be they just want to do a good job. And I I genuinely feel like this kid and I, this is probably just me kind of projecting on it is a representation of, you know, like somebody on the autism spectrum, but in Beyblade and he's finding a way to cope and it's great. And he has friends now. And like, it's just so sweet. And I, I don't know. I just, I, a wholesome show it is and about it's pro- tops. And it's definitely me projecting that onto the show because it never says any of this explicitly, but I, I enjoy having the opportunity to project that onto it <laughs> to give it the benefit of that doubt, you know? 
All right. So, anyways, that's that's Beyblade minute. Beyblade, uh, <laughs> fucking twenty minutes. Um, but yeah. Uh, what else this week? Uh, this week, do do do. Uh, I had some news. Um, just something that I'm kind of excited for. Uh, Funko. You know Funko. I know Funko. Uh, they make the Funko Pop uh figures. They announced actually a few weeks ago, and I completely missed it. Uh, a line of Yu-Gi-Oh figures oh. that are coming out next month. Uh, and I have some kind of surprised I haven't done it before. Right? I feel like it... Funko is extending itself into every possible media character thing. Right. Well, and and it, I think for the they're doing four characters, and I think for three of them it makes sense that they're doing Funko Pops because you know they're anime characters with yeah. big heads anyway. Uh, for one of them, it doesn't quite make sense. And I'm going to show you the pictures here uh-huh. one at a time. So here's Yugi. Yeah, of course. Uh, and he's got big old hair. And mm-hmm. it's perfect. And he's got a, he his, little, his little half cape and his I just hate Funko old... Pop's creepy little eyes. They look like dead little dolls. They do. They, they Yeah, they really. And I think, you know, because a lot of them don't have a mouth, that also really doesn't help. Um, here's Kaiba. Uh huh. With his white jacket is. billowing. Uh, they captured that jacket. I don't know how he does it. It's always billowing behind him. It's always well. See, it's it's the weirdest thing because it's skin tight down to about his hips, and then it billows. Yeah, and it's then he really like starches weird. out the edges, so it's like behind him yeah. all the time. Yeah, fucking like a weird bustle. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's almost Batman esque the way that it billows. Um, and then uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna hide the one that I want to talk about. Real quick. Uh, and then here's Dark Magician Girl. Oh, uh-huh. Because they ran Gotta put th- in a cute girl. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. And Tay is not good enough. I, I guess. Or my, <laughs> or like, I, I don't know. One Serenity. of the like no, no actual characters and not the card. Yeah. Um. So Dark Magician Girl uh-huh. uh, looks pretty much just like Dark Magician Girl. Like, it's it's fine. Um. But then... <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> but then... It's blue eyes, white dragon. <laughs> is it? <laughs> is it? <laughs> I don't know. the The thing here is like, so Funko has taken their classic style, which is tiny bodies with giant heads, and they've applied it to blue eyes, white dragon. Kinda. With mixed results. The body here looks like skeletal, and then the shark looks like. Do you remember the Street Sharks cartoons? Yeah. With their giant ass shark heads. Jawsome. It looks like that. The The head, just the head portion, is almost as big as the rest of the body put together. And it's really weird. And I think it's it's also weird because it has an open mouth. And you can see it's like oddly humanoid tongue. It's got like a pink fleshy tongue. Oh. And I just don't, I don't, I'm not here for it. I don't it know. It does look very fishy. Yes, it looks very fishy, um, very shark esque. Uh, it's also not white. Lauren points out. Uh, no, oh yeah, it's, it's a silvery. Silver. Yeah, but blue eyes, silver dragon. I don't know. I don't know. I'm. I I I would doubt the validity of that <laughs> mythical creature. <laughs> um. Yeah, but those are coming out. Uh. Let's see. I'm looking at the Funko website now. Uh, August, they say. So, all right. Um, yeah. I. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I really like the Yugi. I. I enjoy the hair. I think mostly, and he's holding a hand of cards, and he's sort of playing one in front of him. That's actually um, kind of cool. Yeah, it's it's neat. 
Uh, I The picture that they put on the website isn't quite high resolution enough to see the detail on the Millennium Puzzle, but I, I hope that it's good. You know, I... I should do a Funko Pop of just the Millennium Puzzle, and where its eye is is just one of those black spheres. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. See, I think if they did a Millennium Puzzle Funko, though, they would sell it like as a necklace. And you'd just see people wearing them around. Um, or maybe just I know me. you could get one of those. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm actually kind of curious now, but no, I'm not going to waste time looking it up. Um, let's talk about this episode. Let's talk about this episode. It's time! To discuss the episode. Do you like what I did there? Yes. Hold on, Pepper is whining. Pepper? Hey, bud. Pepper, what'd you think about this episode? Season one, episode 19. Uh, Double Trouble Duel, part one. Yeah, me too. I got it. You got it. You got the wine in there. Good boy, Pepper. Well, Pepper brings up a good point. This episode's a stinker. <laughs> uh, but, Jimmy, I think, trouble, I think it's your one. turn to uh, do the summary. I would be glad to. Let's do it. Um, this episode starts off where the last one ended with our good friends, Yugi and company, uh, trapped in the bowels of the earth, <laughs> uh, sealed in by a giant spherical rock that didn't actually roll into place when it was pushed. I noticed in the animation. Oh, right. Yeah, they kind of cut some It's just like a, a cardboard cutout that they just kind of move. Yep. Anyway, they're lost and, and trying to figure out. And on the third day, they rose. <laughs> and on the third day, they got their ba- their Beyblades <laughs> and spun the Beyblades so fast that the rock shattered the end. Bring it all full circle. Like and- a Beyblade. <laughs> <laughs> Completely derailed this uh... entire episode talking about freaking Beyblade of all things anyway they're uh, stuck underground and wondering how to get out when uh, Bakura just randomly starts walking off in a random direction and they're like hey Bakura what gives and he's like pip pip cheerio my millennium item is pointing deeper into this cavern I think it's homing in on Pegasus's millennium eye just in what, case what? just in case any of you forgot Bakura's magical item is a Jack Sparrow compass <laughs> That just yeah. points places. It points at stuff. And I guess it points specifically at Pegasus. Even like if it was a compass, it should be pointing at Yugi all the time. Yeah. It, I think they said it points at millennium items. And I don't know why it's just not constantly pointing at Yugi. Maybe it points at millennium items that it hasn't like met. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I, it's I magic. Like yeah. There we go. Shut up. It's a plot device. <laughs> You don't get to ask questions. The plot brand premium compass. Yep. And so they wander uh, following Bakura through these tunnels and the, it starts to get a little bit lighter and lighter. And Taya notices that the walls are actually uh, built now. They're not just rocky tunnels. They're not just caves. Right. They're actually bricks in the in the walls. And so they finally get to the end of this passage and they stumble across upon this brightly lit room with a um, dual arena in the center. And they're like, what's this room? And then we meet the uh, the Paradox Twins. Because there's a pair of them. And that's all you really need to know yep. uh, in terms of their character development. These two guys who are like rhyming ninjas just kind of ninja their way out of the shadows. And- okay, I, 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 okay. Rhyming ninjas gives them way too much credit. 
They All right, are, they're like rhyming Taibo instructors. <laughs> and they only rhyme about half the time. Yeah, which is funny because that's like their whole bit. That was a rhyme right there. Yes, I wasn't going to acknowledge it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, like their whole bit is rhyming. And then like whenever they have to actually talk serious about oh, explaining the rules of this scenario, they just speak normally. And then, like, one of them will chip in at the end and throw in a rhyme about something. And it's not clear why they're rhyming. But they're like... the, the gist of it is there are brothers who have been hired uh, by Pegasus as eliminators, much like Panic, uh, to challenge duelists and take their starships. And even they're guarding this weird room. And even if they get defeated... The um, they're guarding two doors at the end of the chamber, and one leads to an endless labyrinth will, where you'll be trapped forever, and one will lead further on into Pegasus's castle. Yeah, yep. And uh, it's revealed that this is a two-on-two duel. It'll be um, two players versus two players on a team. And Gee, everyone... who are two of those players going to be? <laughs> Could it be the brothers? The brothers. And um. So Yugi needs to um, choose uh, a second, and I was honestly just waiting for him to pick the Pharaoh, and then they would like <laughs> it would be Yugi and Pharaoh his, like together. His spirit would leave his body. Yeah, but no, he picks Joey, and I get the feeling like later through this episode, this is like everyone is like remarking about how great Joey is doing and how he's learned so much as a duelist in the past 36 hours or whatever and how great he is. <laughs> There's a lot of Joey uh, butt kissing, but... Uh, mm, uh, okay, we're going to talk, talk about that yeah. later. They talk a lot about Joey and I have some feelings about it that I'll save for the end. <laughs> anyway, uh, cut to um, Mokuba. No, it's cut to Pegasus, uh-huh. who is sitting at the end of his long dining table alone with a giant projector screen watching his security cam footage, some of which is focused on Yugi, uh, one of which is focused on Mokuba, who is down uh, in chains in Pegasus's dungeon. In, he's shackled to the wall. Yeah, like this is like a medieval fortress. This isn't like a jail cell. This is a solid rock sort of... A legitimate dungeon. A, an actual dungeon-type dungeon. Uh, and, and Mokuba, for those who may have forgotten is an actual child yes like a seven-year-old child yeah he's a little kid and um he's sitting there crying to himself and he despite being shackled he's only shackled on his legs oh sure only his legs yeah he doesn't need those (laughs) okay to be fair though to be fair to pegasus before i criticize too much mokuba did escape the last time that's true you know kid had it coming yeah (laughs) <laughs> anyway, he's crying about his lot in life, and he uh, reaches into his shirt, and he pulls out a Dual Monsters card-shaped locket, and he opens it up, and it's a picture of his brother, and he reminisces about how uh, Seto Kaiba is always there for him, mm-hmm. and is definitely coming to rescue him, and he has this flashback that's all uh, sepia-toned, and it's he and his brother as kids i guess showing up to an orphanage it's it's hard to tell i think some kind of school yeah i think it's either a boarding school or an orphanage oh hi there pepper little little of both but um from what i know i think kaiba um killed their 
their dad or something, if I remember right. Uh, I'm trying to remember from oh, the manga what a, exactly he did. That's a great question. I think in the manga he killed his dad. Uh, from what you're what you mentioned, I think in the cartoon they just kind of disappear. Yeah, who knows? It's not important. <laughs> we they talked about it in the manga, but don't look at the manga, please. This is a kids show, and um, yeah, it's just a lot of navel gazing and reminiscing about how um, they're brothers. They're, they're brothers, and, and they're other. always they're always here for each other. That kind of thing, yada yada yada. Yeah. So it cuts back to the duel. And with, with different brothers. Yes. There are a lot of brothers in this episode. <laughs> it's a very brother-heavy episode. Uh, laden with brothers. Brothers always, as far as I can see. Always a brother, never a bro. <laughs> Joey's the bro here yes. because he gets picked by Yugi to be his second in this duel. And the way it works is each of them has a corner of the duel arena and they each have 2,000 life points. But if any of them lose their life points, then both of them on that team will lose. Right. And it'll like ping pong back and forth. So first one of the... Joey calls the brothers Para and Docs. Though it's not clear if that's their actual name or if that's just what Joey calls them. I mean, they're the Paradox brothers. Right. Well, but where do we even get that name from? Do they Well, call they introduce that? themselves, yeah. Oh, that's right. Okay. As the Paradox then, brothers in rhyme. And then Joey appears to just give them names arbitrarily yeah without pointing at either of them i think <laughs> oh yes we all know which one's para and which one's docs from their name tags i don't know maybe that's what th is written on their <laughs> their heads oh maybe that's the thing they they each have uh should we describe these guys real yeah quick? it's important so they're they're uh bald uh uh clearly american white men uh, who have Chinese symbols, or is it Jap I guess Japanese symbols? Probably. Uh, I I might, I don't speak Chinese. It I I don't speak or read either, so yeah, I I don't know. It's one of those that's a little hard to tell for me personally. Um, but they each have a single symbol uh on their forehead, so maybe one of them says para, one of them says docs. I don't. I honestly don't know. Um, one of them is wearing a uh an orange gi, uh very Goku esque, uh with long sleeves. And another is wearing a green version of the same outfit. Uh, and Which they... is good to know because they both look exactly the same. They're uh, skinny bald guys with long Gru noses. Yeah, they have a. there's a shot actually later on, I think, that's just a uh, one of them in profile. And it's very much Gru from Despicable Me. It's really upsetting. Just all nose and no chin. <laughs> yeah, anyway, where were we talking about these guys? Oh yeah, the the duel starts, mm -hmm. and um, they play this card. The first ca card that they play is I'm just going to refer to the teams and not the characters unless it's, it's important. It, the the especially unhelpful thing here is like we had subtitles turned on, and sometimes it will give the name of the character before the line of dialogue. You know, and it didn't do that at all in this episode. It didn't say Para says this or Doc says that. It's entirely possible the captioner had no idea. And you know what? I think that might be the case. So anyway, so the duel starts, and the first card that's played is... Uh, I forget the name, but it's a labyrinth. Uh, I, I think it actually is just a labyrinth or a labyrinth walls. That, that might be it. I think it is labyrinth walls. So they play this, and on the, uh, the duel arena, all these walls come up out of the ground and form this maze. And the Paradox Brothers drop their bit for a second to actually talk seriously about how this game works. Is This game of duel monsters is more like... 
like an RPG or like a like Monopoly or something, mm-hmm. uh, when you play a character or a, a card on the field, they will be able to move the number of spaces that their like power level is, right. something like that. Right. And they'll have to get through to this maze to find the other monsters and defeat them. Yeah. So it adds like one more dimension, I guess, to yeah. the, the Duel Monsters game. Which I didn't know was possible in a Duel Monsters game, but it's an interesting variant. And and nobody is surprised by it. Yeah. So maybe this no one is was just surprised they... by stabbing the moon either. So that's, that's fair. I guess in Duel Monsters, you can just do whatever the hell you want. Yep. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. That's what we're learning here. Oh, and then they also say that. Um, from here on out, one of us will always be telling the truth and one of us will always be lying. Right. And the reason that's important is to win the duel, they have to get a monster to one of the doors, right? And then they have to... But the correct door. They have to get the correct door so they're not trapped underground forever. Right. So... And then there's a... This is essentially just Labyrinth the movie. Yeah. Labyrinth with doors and and Yu-Gi-Oh cards well and okay (laughs) and Joey actually is the one who remembers oh yeah this is a thing I remember there's like this five minute long segment of Joey remembering this like actually animated and well drawn out um like parable or like riddle or something less it's a story about a guy coming to a fork in the road and he's trying to get to one of two villages one of which is filled with people who always lie. One of it, which is filled with people who always tell the truth. And he meets, he's at this fork in the road and there's a guy standing there and he has no idea which village that guy is from. And so he has to ask the guy um, to take him to his village because if he'll tell the truth, he'll do that. And they'll take him to the village of truth tellers. And if he lies, he'll also go to the village of truth because everything he does is a lie. And the idea that maybe he's not from either of these villages and he's also a traveler is not a thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, you're leaving out one really important oh, part of that parable. That? Uh, and that's the villages actually have names and they are <laughs> Truthville and Liarsburg. <laughs> which I think I, is just something that Joey calls them. Oh, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> but I, like, I like picturing that as like an ancient prophecy or an ancient uh, parable. Oh, yes. The old story of Truthville and Liarsburg. <laughs> and then uh, Yugi just kind of stares at him for a second. and is like, very good, Joey. <laughs> that's a that's a great point. Well, and, and Joey kind of like he proves this point. He's like, oh, I know exactly how to figure this out. And he asks the Paradox Brothers to point at the door that they're guarding because the one telling the truth will point at the correct door. Mm-hmm. Or we'll point at his door. Yeah. And the one telling the lie will point, point at the, the other door. door. Yeah. But then Yugi says that doesn't work in this scenario because we don't know which one is lying and which one is telling the truth. Or if they're both lying, we don't have to take their word on it. And he gives this like logic puzzle explanation of I was why... hoping you had remembered that because I don't remember what he said here. I don't really either is the thing because it doesn't it doesn't actually make sense, I think, in the end. Um Lauren's Lauren's pointing. Do you remember? Do you want to chime in on this? Okay, so so to to set this up, so Joey explains all of this. He has the Paradox brothers point at their doors and he figures out which one's telling the truth and which was lying based on his explanation. And everyone goes, oh, Joey, that's so smart. Like, 
great job, Joey. That's awesome. And Yugi goes, well, that's bullshit. And here's why. So Yugi says, it's actually, we don't know from the beginning that one of them lies and one of them tells the truth because they both say it. So both of the brothers say one of us always lies and one of us always tells the truth. And if one of them always lied, then the one who has to lie wouldn't have said that because it's the truth. Oh, because they I both see what say you're the sentence, one of us always lies and one of us always tells the truth. And if that were true, then the one who lies could not say that sentence. Uh, yeah. So, okay. I can't believe you were paying more attention to this dumb show than we were. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think. And I think our Beyblade conversation earlier definitely proves this. I think this show is just like slowly killing my brain cells. <laughs> um, so, okay. So he uses that then to prove that truth is a lie. God is dead. Black is white. Right. It's just a diversion. Right. So the whole thing was just a ploy to throw them off their game. I guess. Anyway. So yeah. there is no correct door. Or fake door, or yeah. There's no reason to believe that either of them is telling the truth, right? Just from what they're saying, you you don't have to take their word for it. It's in a book. <laughs> Reading rainbow. Anyway, <laughs> um. So yeah. So what happens after that? <laughs> oh well, now is when they actually start playing the game, and Joy sends out. Yeah. 15 minutes into a 20 minute episode. Yeah. I think it was Joey who sends out Beaver Warrior. No, it's, it's Yugi. Oh, it's Yugi who card. sends out Beaver Warrior. It's very dramatically. <laughs> and that's very clearly not a beaver because it doesn't have a beaver tail. No, it's a rat. Yeah, it or has a, a long. It's a, it's a Nutria, is what it is. Because <laughs> it has beaver teeth. He sends out Nutria Warrior, <laughs> which sounds like a multi level marketing scheme. <laughs> have you joined Nutria Warrior? I'm actually. Come to think of it. So the news that I didn't talk about this week is that I've stopped playing Duel Links because it's a bad game. Oh, yeah. You were texting me that you I'm, finally hit the... Uh, I hit the wall. The limit man. of... I can't do it. People just buying cards Yeah, I to beat you. I realized I did a lot of research. I looked into the meta. I like wanted to become the best that there was. And... You gave up and I on gave, your dreams. I gave up my dreams because you got to spend money, apparently, and it just didn't seem worth it. Um, but I'm fairly certain there's a kind of card called Nutria cards, and I'm going to look this up <laughs> while you continue to talk. I'm, as a side note, I'm just appalled that anyone would spend so much money on dual links when you can just go to the store and buy actual Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, and then like in two years you'll still have those cards. Whereas this app is probably going to be defunct and not running on your phone anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, pardon me. It's it's Naturia cards. Naturia. Not Nutria. Not okay. Nutria. Just to my dumbass. Looks like Nutria. Anyway, Nutria anyway. Warrior starts walking into the maze, and um, the brothers play, um, I don't know, Shadow Ghoul or something? Yeah. Some shadow spooky monster. Spirit, ghost, dark. Wall Shadow. Well, no, it becomes Wall Shadow, yeah, right? It- because they play it with polymerization on the walls itself. And so this creature, since the uh, the walls themselves take up the whole field and aren't moving, it's able to traverse the walls, and it doesn't have to, it's unbound by taking up spaces. 
that it can move. So it can just run around and pop out of the walls anytime and anywhere at once. And this monster then pops out of the walls and kills the uh, the Nutria warrior. Yep. And Yugi's like, oh, no, what are we doing now? I didn't know that was possible. Which is like the first time I think I've ever seen Yu-Gi-Oh! surprised at something. Yeah, you know, I... I can't decide in this episode whether or not this whole like labyrinth wall thing is like a known mechanic because Yugi alternates between completely knowing what to do and then just being surprised by everything the Paradox Brothers do. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. No, it, it truly <laughs> doesn't is the thing. Uh, He's just going to win anyway. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. And it's a three-parter, so it's going to take for fucking ever. Oh, jeez. Not a two-parter with two brothers? No. You would, you would expect a Double Trouble episode to only Oh, yeah. I'm looking at episodes. Netflix right now. Double Trouble Duel Part 3. Yep. Yep. Why yep. can't it be Triple Trouble Duel? That's the thing. I don't know. Anyway. Um, God, what happens next? I think uh, Joey plays something. Yeah. Joey plays uh, Axe Warrior. Oh, yeah. The one that looks like Link. Uh, no. That's uh, that's the one that Yugi plays next. That's um, Elf. Elf, oh yeah. Elf, elf. <laughs> elf on a shelf. Uh, no. Elf on a labyrinth. Uh, yes, elf on a labyrinth. There we go. Um, yeah, so Yugi plays Axe Warrior and plays a card face down. And he's like, and I'm not going to move the Axe Warrior because if I get close to the walls, he's going to Oh, no, that's get... Joey that does that. Oh, no, he pardon me. That, that's, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joey, so Joey does that. Um, like, I'm not going to move my my monster at all, and it, so it will stay far away from the walls, and it can't get attacked by the creature that is now part of the walls. Right, and to which Tay is like, wow, Joey, that's a really good idea, and Yu-Gi-Oh is, yes, Joey, that is a great play. And Bakura goes, wow, Joey's really coming into his own. Yeah, and then Tristan is like, yeah, Joey's really coming into a, a, his own as like a duelist, and he's a, a great friend and all this kind of stuff. I think at this point, if Joey just like stands still for more than 30 seconds everyone's like oh wow he's doing great <laughs> good job joey good you job. did completely screw it up this time yeah, yeah. i'm so proud of if you joey, joey walks five feet without tripping he gets praise for it <laughs> yeah i'm joey joey is the place of monsters of show he's all about the participation trophies <laughs> um so then they send out the brothers send out that tank thing now, don't yeah, they? Yeah, the labyrinth tank. Oh, yeah, labyrinth tank. Which somehow manages to mount drills on drills. Yeah, it's a tank that has a giant drill, and then out of the sides of this drill, it's got, like, smaller drills coming out. It's extremely Gurren Lagan. Yeah, it's very Gurren Lagan. It makes no sense in the physical just, world. Yeah, it's just... it's So it starts, like, going through this um, this labyrinth towards um, the good the good guy's creatures. Yep. And... Um, is it? Oh yeah. Then then it's, Yugi. then it's Yugi who sends his creature into the um the the labyrinth. Literally link the hero of time into the into the temple of time to fight Ganondorf. Right. And this wall master comes out of the walls. <laughs> Watch out for shadows of creatures from that fall from the ceiling. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then it stopped. Yeah. by Joey's trap card. Yeah. And Joey had played this trap card face down, which is, what was it? Kunai? Kunai with chain. Kunai with chain that comes out and right as this creature is about to attack Yugi's creature, um, the Kunai with chains whips out and stops the creature in its tracks because um, it stops 
all attacks that would that, be that's on. what that's what chains do i guess they yeah. stop things and so um yugi yugi's uh link the hero of time uh deviantar <laughs> oc looking character uh is able to kill it yep and the brothers are like oh, gasp oh no and uh yeah so no more wall shadow just this can we talk about the brothers voices they're really weird yeah that was kind of the other thing that i wanted to talk about we've already described what they look like uh very like scorpio sub-zero like pre-mortal combat i think yeah. um but their voices are wholly incomprehensible one is like a really weird like almost like stereotypical like chinese character oh no no don't say almost it is definitely a racist chinese impression yeah it is bad it's it's like it's like you have the will of the warrior oh i that kind of thing i can't believe you just did that on our podcast yes it is it it is that bad it is worse than that even terrible i think you did a better voice just then (laughs) than the voice actor did in this episode and then the brother has like this incomprehensible i don't even know what it is uh voice yeah it's, it's hulk hogan it's literally hulk hogan doing kind of a i think general gravelly Patton. yeah so he's he's like this and he talks about we are gonna win the duel brother and you know and, and like he literally says brother at one point for no reason yeah <laughs> i think he's was he talking about i don't even think he was talking about his his actual brother he just said brother for some reason um but they're clearly not brothers right like I don't know. They Pegasus. look exactly like twins, but I don't know how twins can grow up and have voices from two different continents. Okay, here's my theory. So, we know that these guys were hired by Pegasus to be um, fucking... Uh, eliminators. Eliminators, thank you. I want to say executioners. I'm like, no, that's <laughs> that's season zero. That's, that's too dark for, for dual You lose monsters. this card game, then we chop off your head. Uh, so, we know that they're hired by Pegasus already, and we know that Pegasus has this, like penchant for the dramatic you know and he, uh-huh. he really loves going over the top so he's custom built this labyrinth to have a special dual arena that has another labyrinth within that and he's hired these two people to be sort of the keepers of this labyrinth to i think specifically fuck with yugi like i don't think anyone else could possibly find their way here on purpose i mean he does have in the, in the caves for like hours and hours right he does have one specific camera that's trained just on a close-up of yugi's face the whole time so i think this whole thing was set up just to mess with yugi entirely on brand for pegasus and given pegasus's proven unlimited resources i don't think it's unreasonable for him to find two duelists who both know martial arts and have a fondness for rhyming and give them plastic surgery to make them look identical to each other. You think these are just two hired guys that he found? I think that Pegasus was at a slam poetry night and he saw these two guys and he said, you know what? I have a thought. Have you ever played dual monsters? Let me teach you. <laughs> and he sits down and he maybe teaches. Maybe not even slam poetry, like improv night, because these guys have to be coming up with rhymes just constantly. It's it. Pegasus went to went to uh, uh, Upright Citizens Brigade. <laughs> and you know he, he's he's doing a, a UCB lecture circuit and he's he's teaching improv, uh, and because Pegasus would totally teach improv. Oh yeah, hell yeah! And uh, yeah, and he's like, hey, you know what? You guys have real talent, but not at this. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me do you over and uh, hire you to run my weird murder labyrinth. <laughs> Want to hang out in my dungeon and play cards <laughs> with children? <laughs> and these two guys are like, yes, yeah, sounds great. <laughs> 
he's probably like, oh, but I have a check here with many zeros. And they're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Sounds good. Uh, what do you want to call us? Paradox. You be para and you be dox. But he like doesn't point. <laughs> but make no mistake, you're the paradox brothers. So one of you will be para paradox and one of you will be dox paradox. Oh, right. Yeah. Because like, what's their last name? It has to paradox, be paradox, I guess. Right? Cause they're the, it's like Mario. Yeah. Mario, Mario. And Luigi Mario. <laughs> God. Poor Luigi. That's the movie we need to do an episode about. <laughs> the uh the super mario brothers movie yes i have in my collection an unopened super mario brothers dvd is this a threat <laughs> if you cross me i'll strap you down and make you watch mario <laughs> brothers um fuck where were where were we oh it was the um yeah we've gotten totally derailed here it was right after uh kunai with chain Oh, uh, stop yeah. the the wall creature and it died. Yep. Okay. I think that's kind of nearing the end of the episode because I think it cuts back right after that to, uh, oh, it cuts over to um, Kaiba, mm-hmm. who's having his own monologue and he pulls out his own little locket with a picture of his brother in it and is thinking about how he protected Mokuba as a kid. Yep. And like defended him from bullies on the playground and he's like i've always been there for you and now i'm going to come and rescue you again and then it cuts to pegasus who has just been watching this whole time um drinking wine as he always is and his head of security comes in and pegasus is like what you keep interrupting me um not with that tone of voice though it's much more flamboyant and it's revealed that the actual the guy's name is croquet yeah, no, we've known that. Have we known this for a while? Yeah, this we've is known the this first for a time. Few I remember episodes, that yeah. his his head of security's name is Croquet. Maybe I just don't remember. Anyway, um, he, he comes up and says uh, Kaiba's been spotted on the island, and Pegasus is like, "Yeah, I know. I, I meant for all this to happen. We've got the bait. He's going to come right here. So yeah. don't worry about it. You're the head of security. Why are you just finding about it?" In- now when i've known he's been here for like hours pegasus literally told croquet like four episodes ago oh hey by the way kaiba's coming so just just letting you know <laughs> yeah he's we on his saw way. his helicopter land yeah. it's not quiet no <laughs> it's not like he's been <laughs> running a the old, up. you can see the entire island from this castle here what are you guys doing yeah so i don't know poor croquet yeah how incompetent Croquet and is the Joey of Pegasus's staff. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> is there any more to this episode or is that it? No, that's it. I think that's he's, it. He's, uh, I think at one point Pegasus does like a toast to Yugi. Oh yeah, he toasts Yugi and is watching him. But not on Joey. The, not Joey. Just Yugi. Just Yugi. And he's watching him on the big screen. And I think that's when Croquet comes in. Yeah. But, um no then it it just like fades out as like a to be continued yeah it like pans away from the uh the out exterior shot of the castle to be continued bum, bum, bum. yep and that's the whole episode there it is boy what an episode uh well jimmy what was your what was your favorite part hmm if you had to pick just one <laughs> i know there were so many so many just gems uh honestly this episode is so lame. I feel like they're like leaning into it now. It's like, because I feel like the showrunners were just like, hmm, well, screw it. Let's just have an episode that has that one riddle and we'll have two rhyming guys in it. That's always fun. And 
they just like went whole hog into like making this secret labyrinth under uh, Pegasus's castle with all this wacky shit going on. Yep. I don't know. I just feel like in case you couldn't tell our feelings about this episode, they're bad. <laughs> it's not the greatest. No, I mean it's the first of three parts, so like. Oh boy. I don't know. I mean, like, I guess this is like kind of the Fellowship of the Ring of this trilogy. Like, it's kind of just set up, really. Yeah. And not much payoff. Yeah, it's just setting it up for more rhyming and weird labyrinth mechanics. Yep. Also, the labyrinth itself was a a plus in my book. I thought it was an interesting mechanic to spring on them, even though they just keep pulling game mechanics out of their ass. Oh, yeah. For these episodes. Absolutely. Would you say that's your favorite? Yeah. The Labyrinth? Yeah. Cool. It's kind of interesting as far as Yu-Gi-Oh! duels go. And we've seen a lot of them. We've seen a lot. What was your favorite part of this episode? <sighs> uh, my favorite, I think, is that I... <sighs> I've been trying to figure this out for a little bit now, um, and I, I think I finally had a revelation during this episode, and it has to do with the flashbacks of characters. We've had this, like... Oh, yeah, you were talking about this. We've had a really interesting relationship with flashbacks in this series, where sometimes flashbacks are uh, part of a conversation between two characters. Sometimes flashbacks are... Uh, a way of a character explaining their motives for something. And sometimes flashbacks are just nonsensical. And we've even seen cases where Yugi can see other people's flashbacks because he'll, there will be a flashback and then Yugi will reference something in that flashback, even though it wasn't his flashback and he had nothing to do with the thing that they flashback to. So they're, they're just this like weird magical presence in the show. And something that struck me as odd is we have two flashbacks in, in this episode and they're of the same thing. And it's of Mokuba and Seto uh, going to, yeah, I guess an orphanage. Like it seems kind of orf, orphany. Yeah. Ugh, nope. Orphanage like <laughs> orphanage esque. Uh, and uh, they're it's Mokuba and Kaiba. Uh, pardon me. Mokuba and Seto. The Kaiba brothers. The Kaiba brothers. Uh, playing chess and they turn to look at a camera and they smile and that's the the photo that's in each of their uh, dual monster card lockets and they have a flashback to the same scene it's the exact same animation even but mokuba is like a sepia tone and kaiba pardon me seto I, I don't know. We call him Kaiba so much in the first like ten episodes. Why isn't yeah. that just his first name? What is he's he the ha- only Kaiba? I guess he, I don't know. I'm I'm just gonna call him Kaiba. We all know who you're talking about when you say Kaiba. So let's Kaiba. Just call him Kaiba. Um. So and then Kaiba's flashback of that exact same scene is in full color. Is what I'm getting at here. And I don't remember. We've had one other flashback from Mokuba. Um. It was the episode after we were introduced to him where he's talking about uh, the last time that he saw uh, Seto, Kaiba, uh, at, before being kidnapped. And I don't remember whether that was also in sepia tone or if that was in full color. Do you remember? Do you, remember, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I think... Um, the, I, there have been several flashbacks. Yeah. And one of them was in... I know Mokuba's was black and white sepia toned. Both times that we cut back to it too. Yeah. 
And um, Kaiba, the other one that Kaiba thinks about um, is also sepia-toned. No. The, the one where he's saving Mokubo from getting beat up is. Oh, But not the right. one with a camera. Okay. Not the chess game. See, because the, th- the thing that I was going for is it was interesting to me that we cut back to sepia-toned for both of Mokuba's flashbacks. And I wondered, for the other flashback that we've seen from Mokuba, is it that same coloring? Because if so, does that mean that Mokuba's colorblind? Because everyone else remembers it in color, except for him? Interesting. And I'm going to list that as my favorite, because I want the show to make sense. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just the animators forgetting what they're doing and being sloppy. Yeah, kind of. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them the benefit of the doubt here, and I'm going to say that it's canon now that Mokuba is colorblind. And that's going to have no effect on the show, and we're going to forget about it next week, but it was the one thing that I could cling on to as something useful here. (laughs) So there's my favorite. How about your least favorite? God, there's so much here. (laughs) My least favorite was their whole time they were talking about the Joey's parable of the the liar Uh guy in in the street. They just spent like 10 minutes talking about that. And then they decided that it didn't matter. Yeah. And we can discard all that. So why did you show it us in the first place? Just to pad the episode? I I guess I honestly don't know. It it feels to me like did you ever have those quizzes in like high school where at the top of the quiz it says now remember to read all the questions carefully before oh, yeah. answering any of them and the final question this like 30 question quiz is don't answer any of these questions it's like that i've heard of that happening before but that was never sprung on me it's the shittiest feeling <laughs> let me tell you it's a dick move it's a dick move wait weren't you homeschooled did your mom spring this on you yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I turned out all right. Look at me. I'm running a semi-successful Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm a mess. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that part was shitty. I Do you mind if I link my worst into that? Because it's really Go ahead. Good. So my worst is this entire thing with Joey in this episode. Because Joey does a legitimately good thing here and he goes oh this is the premise that they're giving us i'm gonna run with that and be like okay i can figure this out and he's legitimately smart and being like oh i remember this parable let me describe it to everybody like this is what i remember and here's the answer and i'm gonna put this answer into practice and he does and it, he gets the result he expects he he you know puts his uh, hypothesis into practice and it becomes a theory and he wants to start testing that theory so it can become a law and he he's like following a very scientific process here and everyone is like yeah jimmy great or, jimmy sorry I'm, I'm looking at you while talking about joey uh so yeah joey great job like wow he's really smart and he's coming into his own and i'm so proud of him and then fucking yugi is like nice try ass wipe no it's completely wrong i'm gonna let you finish but this scenario is bullshit. <laughs> and I'm just like, just let it, let him have this, you guys. And it, that that comment right there that Yugi has paints everyone else's comments in a different light for me. It feels very sarcastic where they're just like, oh, look at him not being a complete fuck up. Yeah. They're like humoring him. Yeah. They're like, wow, look at him. He's come so far. He can like 
string a sentence together like I couldn't at the beginning of this episode. Uh, Good job, Joey. It just, yeah, it feels, especially since we've been going through this whole plot line of like Joey having nightmares about Kaiba calling him a dog. And he had that that like dream where he was wearing a dog costume and like whimpering and sitting and yeah, and it feels very much like a oh good boy like we're gonna pat you on the head and give you a treat, but you're still wrong. <laughs> Fuck you, Poor Joey. I hate that. Just let Joey have his time. <laughs> give him some character development. God. And even if he's wrong. His version of this whole scenario makes way more sense than the reality. Yeah, it's not his fault if like he was, they were lying to him in the first place and giving them a false false premise. Right, and well, well, they would be trapped underground forever. But I mean, but like, would they? Because now we don't know if they're even telling the truth about that, right? So like, his version was at least giving them sort of like a structure to work from. It did make logical sense. And now they're like, nope, real life doesn't work that way. Because this is just like real life where we just make up the rules to card games. I don't know. Hey, you remember how Grandpa's soul is still missing? <laughs> remember that part? No, we're going to stop and play this Duel Monsters game for fucking hours. That's... Sorry, I'm on my soapbox. I'm going to stop. No, that is dumb. Be nice to, to Joey. <laughs> I think that's I think that's, that's it. it for this episode. Yeah, so we've got two more of this game. Yeah, so, okay, so I got all worked up. I'm sorry. I yeah, we've got two more parts to this and like I'm really hoping that we get sort of a Lord of the Rings-esque like arc here where the second one will be really good but leave us wanting more and the third one will be just baller. Just just a just a triumph. That would be incredibly good if that were true but (laughs) you've seen all these before haven't you i have and it's not gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) you've raised my hopes and dashed them quite Uh, expertly yeah well and then we go straight into another three-part after this get used tired of these um i will say it's it's interesting that they split them up this way because i know for a lot of the episodes that were not marked as two-parters uh the the summaries and for those of you playing along at home who have been like going to the website and looking at the the blog post for each episode um i'll include the official show summary there and the summaries there actually tell you like oh in the original versions this was one episode and then four kids decided to split them up uh for these episodes from what i've seen so far and if you're reading the post now you can prove me wrong in real time i guess they don't include that note Hmm. So I think these were always meant to be three-parters, which is a weird choice to me, but oh well. What you going to do? That's the sound of us shrugging. Um, well, if there's nothing else to talk about... Is it time to uh, 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 end the podcast? It's time to uh, 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 end uh, uh, the podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... uh every week. card of the week. All right, here we go. Uh, Our card of the week this week is Bug Matrix. All insect-type monsters you control gain 300 attack and defense. You can then target one insect-type XYZ monster you control, attach one insect-type monster from your hand to that monster as XYZ material. 
you can only use this effect of bug matrix once per turn. Hold on, I'm looking up the art for bug matrix. I'm picturing just like an ant with sunglasses. It is way cooler than that. This is a uh, robot bug Tron. Oh, damn. All right. Yeah, I'm into this. And it's like uh, you got like some beetles. You got like. Yeah, a- it's a bunch of like glowing cybernetic insects on this glowing um, like Tron grid um, computer chip. It's got the classic like computer blue yeah. glow. Um, just yeah, just literally think of any blue glow in Tron and it's that color. And there's all these robot bugs running around on it. Huh. So there it is. Bug That's Matrix. Bug Matrix. Knock, knock, Neo. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Bug Matrix. <laughs> Wake up, you're an ant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is kind of what he's saying there. He's he's sort of an ant in the, the ant hill of life. Whoa. Whoa. All right. Well, uh, until next week, if you want to reach out to us and talk about how bad this episode was, you can follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at YAMPOD. That's Y-A-M-P-O-D. You can email us at youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com. And you can visit our website at tyler.games slash Y-A-M-P or welcome to flavor.town slash Y-A-M-P. Hold on. I scrolled down slightly in the Google image search of Bug Matrix. Check out this card. Digital bug rhinos bus. Rhinos. It's like a rhinoceros beetle, but it's like. But it's like a bus? Is it like a robot? Is it like universal serial bus? That kind of bus? I think that might be it. I think it might be what they're going for. Rhinosabus. Rhinosabus. That's a terrifying thing to me. I. I One of these cards are like. I feel like they've got weird translation issues that they kind of have to deal with. I think they do. I think they do. And it's it's a lot of, I think because they do a lot of this like, oh, here's a digital concept or like a mechanical concept and here's just like an animal. Yeah. So they, they come up with things like, uh, what was the one? The airline hamster? Hamstrat. Hamstrat. Yeah, okay, we can come up with an English translation for that, sure. I will say that does make me respect the translators a little bit more, because they are clearly clever. Um, Some of them, like um, uh, the Goblin, Goblindeberg. Goblindeberg was was good. good. (laughs) Uh, Some of these, I think, would just really benefit from an editor, like that one you sent me, the Anteater-Eating Ant. Anteater-Eating Ant. That's all one word, folks. All one word, all caps. Anteater-Eating Ant. It's just a mess to look at until you realize it's an Anteater-Eating Ant. It's, co- it's, it's a giant ant that eats anteaters. Yeah. It's an anteater eating ant. Yeah. Anteater eating ant. It, it just, all that text can't fit on top of the cards. So they all mush it up. Yeah. I mean, it, in the same game, you've got cards like Lonely Girl. Yeah. You know, so I, they can only do so much to What's me. What's the theme of Yu Gi Oh cards anyway? <laughs> it's just like every possible concept put into a blender. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Um. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it. For this week, yeah, uh, that's a, that's that's. In, I'm trying to come up with a rhyme, but I knew, yeah, me too. <laughs> Until next care. time, we will think of rhymes, <laughs> and hopefully not do crimes. Yeah, I think that's the best we got. <laughs> All right, everybody, we'll talk to you next week. Bye bye.